Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. Hello, this is Miriam O'Hassel, Managing Editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Douglas Wakefield. Dr. Wakefield is a professor at the Department of Health Management and Informatics and the director of the Center for Healthcare Quality at the University of Missouri. He is a co-author of a paper entitled Implementation of a Telepharmacy Service to Provide Round-the-Clock Medication Order Review by Pharmacists, and that paper will be published in the December 1, 2010 issue of AJHP. Thank you for joining us today, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. Your paper describes the implementation of a telepharmacy service at a network of hospitals in North Iowa, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you became involved in that project. Sure. Uh, A few years ago, I was at the University of Iowa, and we were doing research looking at the use of information technology and the effect on care delivery and quality. A subsequent study that emerged is, uh, in a second grant that emerged, was the opportunity to look at a network of critical access hospitals. Those are the really small hospitals, under 25 beds, more limited services that were going to be collaborating to actually do a series of uh, information technology implementations as a group. And so we thought this would be a great opportunity to actually look at well, how would a group of small hospitals who generally don't have all the resources in the world go about this really pretty daunting task? And so uh, we worked with them and had the privilege of working with those hospitals to look at some of the great things they've done. And could you give our listeners a big picture overview of the Mercy Health Network North Iowa? Sure, be happy to. Uh, The Mercy Network North Iowa is comprised of a rural referral hub hospital located in Mason City. Uh, That hospital is about 235 beds. It's a uh, really more complex rural referral hospital than some places. Uh, For instance, they have a heart center, they have a cancer center. They have some limited uh, residency training programs. The network is comprised of the hub hospital and nine critical access hospitals all of which are independent hospitals, except one of the hospitals is owned by the hub uh, in Mason City. Combined, uh, they cover a 14-county area and a service area population and a little bit over 200,000. That network and the hub hospital actually also then belong to Trinity Health, uh, which its corporate headquarters are located out of Novi, Michigan. Uh, Trinity is a, a Catholic health system has a large number of hospitals in the Midwest, but also has hospitals and facilities outside of the Midwest. And as part of the work we had done earlier with the hub hospitals implementation, the implementations throughout the Trinity system actually use the same vendor. They have a shared implementation strategy, readiness plan, and so forth. And so we were already familiar with how uh, their work was done. And so it was a natural extension then to look at, well, how could you take this then to really seven small hospitals? Now, before the implementation of the round-the-clock medication review program, could you tell us a little bit about what was done to expand pharmacy coverage at the various critical access hospitals? And also, 
What were some of the challenges associated with that specific model? The uh, critical access hospitals, by definition, are small. They're located in rural communities. And one of the real challenges with being a small facility is having enough resource, enough volume, and then financial resources to actually support full-time pharmacists, not just 24 hours uh, a day, but actually even having a full-time pharmacist during the daytime operation of these facilities. Uh, Across those hospitals, there were actually some different ways they were providing their pharmacy services. In a couple of cases, they had pharmacists that were actually employees of the Mercy Network out of Mason City that would be actually working in the hospitals. And in a couple of cases, near eight hours a day, uh, five days a week coverage. Uh, In the other facilities, actually, it would be local pharmacists who would be running the commercial pharmacy in town who on a part-time basis would be providing periodic coverage in the hospital to do order review and other pharmacist uh, necessary tasks for regulatory purposes and so forth. Uh, Most of the hospitals did have pharmacy techs to help with some of the work, uh, but none of the hospitals had any pharmacy coverage after hours, weekends, uh, or on holidays. And so as you can imagine, it's a real challenge to, to be able to actually get a review of an order before the order is dispensed and administered. And likewise, in those rural facilities, because pharmacists aren't there, the nurses actually would then be going to the pharmacy to do the dispensing, which creates another challenge as we think about quality and safety of the medication process. So there was a great deal of interest of at least how did they begin to attack the issue of getting an order review Uh, And they also did some other work to actually uh, reduce some of the potential problems with nurses serving also to to do the dispensing of the drugs when pharmacists weren't available. Since there are several common telepharmacy models in rural hospitals, would you please describe your specific model for our listeners briefly? Sure. The model that was created uh, really was built off from a shared vision of a desire to improve patient care quality and safety in the region, Uh, also to the extent that it would improve efficiency or reduce unnecessary cost related to pharmacy practice. The desire was to to try and standardize components of the work and the workflow process such that you could really gain some efficiencies while also helping to ensure better quality and safety. Uh, So, This model actually began with an initiative to create a shared formulary, that is a formulary where all the hospitals were using the same drugs, same doses, that they would be stocking it. That first step is important because, as you'll learn, the reviewing pharmacist who's located in a remote setting doesn't have to worry about, does this pharmacy have this drug or that drug? They automatically will know which drugs are available, and it'll be the same across the facility. So that helps to improve the model. Second, they made the commitment to use an information technology-based platform to allow the remote pharmacist to do the review. So the hospitals agreed to adopt to use the same EMR, the same CPOE systems, the same pharmacy system uh, within those to actually facilitate the ordering and to facilitate the workflow in terms of using those systems. That model actually allowed for workflow efficiencies and standardization where across the facilities using the same software, 
they could really come to better agreement about, well, what's a consistent way that we should be doing things? It's a distance-based review system whereby the remote pharmacists, in this case, actually, the reviewing pharmacists are provided by uh, a Mercy Dubuque hospital where that they have access to the same EMR, all of the same records in real time that the physician or the nurse in the facility where the order is getting originated have access to. Uh, the way it works is a physician will either enter an order using the CPOE system and then there will be an automatic firing of an email to a dedicated terminal in the uh, remote pharmacy setting where that will initiate a process. Or if it's a written order or a verbal order, that written or verbal order is scanned through a dedicated process where that too will then be automatically fired to an email where the reviewing pharmacist then are monitoring the screen for new orders. And they then go through the process of reviewing it just like you would in your home pharmacy. Uh, look for, uh, is the order make sense and so forth? Are there any questions if there are? They then have a telephone number directly to the care unit or to the physician uh, where that they can try and get clarification. Or if there's a question where the pharmacist needs to look at the patient's medical record, they're able to look directly into the patient's medical record remotely through a remote access. So the model really is one that allows 24 by 7 review when they don't have pharmacists locally. Uh, hospitals still continue to have on-site pharmacists during the times they had, but what they provided is really the off hours. So really the bulk of most days in terms of when pharmacists weren't there nights and weekends. How did you ensure that effective communication channels existed between the pharmacists who were at the remote site and then the nurses and the physicians who were working at the various critical access hospitals? Reviews by the remote pharmacist are typically done within 60 minutes of the time that the order is made. So that actually means they're looking at it when the people making the order potentially are still available there. Now, if there's a need for an emergent medication and uh, a need to actually get something administered right now before a pharmacist can review it, they have that capability, but then again, those orders are subsequently checked and reviewed in the same that you would in, in any other circumstance. The call numbers are clearly found as part of the training, getting people ready, really kind of rehearsing through, okay, if there's a question, test it out, being able to call between facilities, look at the record, actually enter information, and so forth. So the communications really became more seamless uh, to some extent. Again, it's if you were in a large hospital, you might have a pharmacist responding without them physically being on the unit to actually ask the question because they're using exactly the same kind of uh, telephonic and electronic communication systems. How did you educate the nursing and medical staff about the telepharmacy service? That's a great question. A great deal of effort actually went into the educational process because, as you can imagine, this really is a change in the workflow. It's not just we're going to do a new step here, but really introducing the external pharmacist review changed what the nurse would do in terms of once uh, he or she received an order and what they would do before they would actually dispense and administer the medication. So a great deal of effort was uh, spent with pharmacists, with the nurses, with the physicians, in terms of the reasons for doing it, the advantages of having pharmacist review of orders, 
talking about what would be the process, how it would be done, what would it take to do the process, opportunity to do some practice with it and ask questions, and to really trial it before it fully goes live. Uh, because once you're caring for patients, you want it to work. Clearly, education probably can never do enough of communicating the messages of why you're doing it, what you're doing it, how you're doing it, and then looking for feedback uh, for what ways could we do this better. So I think it'd be fair to say it would be not just a one-way flow, but there would be feedback and iterations where the educational process really takes on more of a learning process. You mentioned feedback, Doug. Have you had any overall feedback about the service from the nurses and the physicians? We've talked with uh, representatives from all of the hospitals. And from a physician standpoint, uh, actually it's seen as generally an advantage, no negative feedback on it. Uh, having a pharmacist who's looking at all the medications, doing a pharmacist review can be very helpful. And in fact, the pharmacist review, as we know, is an important safety and quality component. Uh, from a nursing standpoint, a little bit of a pushback in that in the previous way of doing things, a nurse could immediately, upon getting the medication order, go to the pharmacy, get the med dispensed, either the local pharmacist was there or the nurse who would do the dispensing from the pharmacy, go back and then give the patient the drug. So that was very quick in terms of from patient care process time. When the external reviews first began, there were a few instances where the reviews were taking longer and they weren't getting a response back in two hours. And so those were uh, really communication issues that had to be worked out. But there really has been no negative pushback because I think the notion and people appreciate the value of having that extra set of eyes and that extra set of knowledge and skills applied to really what could be very dangerous if we're not doing it properly, and that's the whole medication, uh, prescribing, dispensing, and administration process. As someone who has already gone through this process, what advice do you have for others who are considering the implementation of a telepharmacy model at their institution? A key issue is, particularly if you're a smaller institution, uh, is perhaps the notion of somewhat of safety in numbers. I think collaboration is very important because it really helps to bring together expertise and resources and a, a sharing of here are the issues, here are the problems, how are we going to jointly solve it? And you begin to build a network uh, where perhaps before you had people working in a much more isolated way. So I think that's key. Second is for this kind of uh, initiative, you really have to make the commitment to do we have all the the IT resources that we need to put this together. Uh, it's not just having an EMR and a pharmacy module or a CPOE necessarily, but it's also starting out and saying, is our formulary what, we, what it should be uh, to actually make this work in the best way? Uh, we looked at the hospital's formularies, and we've, we've written about that in another paper, and actually, there was great variation in terms of where the formularies were when they started. Standardizing the formularies was really a leadership commitment, but it also then helped all of the steps downstream in terms of uh, subsequent looking at which drugs would be there, the coding for billing purposes, and so forth. 
So I think that commitment to information technology platform that will do what you really need it to do, that's a resource commitment, but that's that's really key. And then I think really be clear why you're doing it. It's about patient care quality. It's about safety. We need to do that in order to do the best we can for our patients. And, and that high ground is always what one needs to return to when things get a little bit bumpy. Thank you, Doug. That's about all we have time for today. I appreciate your time, and I'd like to thank you again for joining us today. You're very welcome. This is Miriam O'Hassel, Managing Editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, and I've been speaking today with Dr. Douglas Wakefield about his paper entitled Implementation of a Telepharmacy Service to Provide Round-the-Clock Medication Order Review by Pharmacists. That paper will be published in the December 1, 2010 issue of AJHP. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.